is Brian Housworth. There's John Marsh. That's producer Hannah. Stephanie Bell is back on Monday. My name is Brandon Rathard. Want to welcome into the show Lieutenant Governor Mike Keogh. A lot of responsibilities for the Lieutenant Governor. Part of that, uh, they're an advisor to the Department of Elementary and Second Education on Early Childhood Education, Missouri Rural Economic Development Council. A lot of things as they relate to ag and as somebody who is in the ag industry himself in his private life has some thoughts uh, on this. Chinese ownership of Missouri farmland. Uh, let's start here, uh, L- Lieutenant Governor. Why Why should we be concerned about this? Well, first of all, good morning, and thank you for having me on. Uh, we should be concerned because, I don't know, Brandon, if you guys looked in the sky last week, mm-hmm. there was this thing floating over Missouri with cameras. You remember that? Yeah. 60,000 feet in the air. Uh, you know, I think why everybody's concerned. So, for one, it's it's a it's a delicate balancing act with the agriculture community because if you're a private property owner, you're not excited about government telling you anything, much less who you can or can't sell your land to. But the universal kind of whether you're an ag owner or urban or rural or Democrat or Republican, really, the kind of the universal feeling about this land ownership issue is. We don't want enemies of our country to be owning land. And that's when it comes down to specifically China. Um, foreign ownership of land bill could encompass a lot of countries around the globe, obviously. But most people, I would say a large majority of people, coalesce behind why would we be letting our enemy buy land here in our state, the same country that's sending fentanyl over here by the train car loads that are killing our residents left and right, the same company country though who is threatening us at every corner we get to, why do we want them to own land in, in Missouri? And I think that if you could just isolate that part of the conversation, you'd have unbelievable uh, broad acceptance across the board that that seems correct. Just uh, in so what? That's, yeah. that's where you have to get to. It matters. Uh, as I mean, we talk about fentanyl deaths. It comes from China, which then, by the way, comes through the secure border there at Mexico, killed at least fentanyl in at least one mid-Missouri county, Boone County. And I, I don't have the numbers for uh, for other counties, but it just in Boone County, fentanyl, which comes from China, comes through the secure border, killed 25, most of those uh, very young people. That's why some of this stuff. Uh, matters. Lieutenant Governor, we we appreciate your time. Uh, You know, I've read the bill multiple times. It does say in the bill, uh, and again, it's a combined effort here, Curtis Gregory and obviously Mike Hafner and uh, Maisie Boyd as well, but it defines restrictive country is China, but Russia's in there as well, Iran, North Korea, and, and Venezuela. Obviously, this this got a lot of attention in the U.S. Senate race because, as you'll recall, uh, Trudy Bush Valentine had accused the attorney general, who who won his election, by the way, won in a landslide. She said Mr. Schmidt had voted for a bill to allow uh, Chinese to buy up some farmland uh, back in 2013. Now, we had him on the show, and I've read that bill. He disputed that, by the way. He said that was misleading. But the bill right now is still sitting in the House. It has not come up at least not yet, on the House floor. Are you hearing a time frame on when Plocker and Patterson are going to bring this up? Well, first of all, um, Representative Hafner, uh, Representative um, uh, Curtis Gregory, Maisie Boyd, some of these people who have been just champions for uh, ag across the uh, state, no matter what the issue is, are great people with good intentions that want to try to see if we can get this thing moving forward. 
I, you know, Brian, you've been around that building for a long time. I think it comes up in the House in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's several versions of the bill over in the Senate. I know that uh, Jason Bean, who's a large production agriculture down the actual farmer down in the boot heel, uh, also has versions of it. Uh, and you're right. Uh, this really came up out of politics, not really out of the ag community rushing to the Capitol saying we got to fix something. It really got on people's radar screen after the U.S. Senate race. I served in the Senate with Eric Schmidt, and the vote he took back in 2013 was to put a cap on foreign ownership of land. Now, the, the opponents twisted that around and said, well, then you, you must have allowed China to buy 1% of the land. The opponents are the people who want to make you look bad on this vote will do the same thing. They'll say, you're letting China buy up to a half a percent of our land, because as you know, the bill lowers the threshold on other foreign ownership from one to half percent. So... Political ads and and opponents are going to spin and twist things the way they have been for decades, maybe centuries. Uh, But at the end of the day, what you want is something that balances what I was just talking to Brandon about, Mm -hmm. that balances the rights of property owners uh, versus uh, the protection of our nation and uh, us being uh, not friendly to nations that absolutely hate us. All right, our guest this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 104.5 News Radio, 950 KWOS, Lieutenant Governor Mike Keogh, talking, the monk, talking about several things, including Chinese ownership of Missouri farmland. Mike, to change the subject over to the state worker pay raise, we, we've seen the full House expected to probably debate the bill today. Budget Committee Chairman Cody Smith, had, you know, he, he kind of danced around a little, had some ideas about that. If it gets out of the House, what do you think is going to happen with it to in the, on the Senate side? Well, I think it has a good chance to get out of the House, John. And it's in, as you know, it's in the supplemental budget, which is something we do early each session to kind of catch up with things that uh, that changed on us throughout the year since the last budget was passed. And as you know, the governor's proposal for state employee pay raise isn't a, isn't a raise to get above the market. It's really to catch up to the market. Um, government can't react to paying its employees as fast as the private sector can. And the government doesn't really want to be a huge competitor, but the government has to at least stay close. When we can't hire anybody in state government, I mean, we're positions down by the hundreds in some departments. I would say overall, all departments, thousands of people, because the private sector market pay has moved so much quickly past the, the government. And anybody who's listening who's an employer trying to get out there hiring people knows exactly what I'm talking about. I'm still involved in our business and also in the farm business and wages have gone through the roof uh, with this inflation and uh, after the COVID kind of nightmare, we are just trying to kind of catch up to where the wage market has gone to uh, for state employees so we can remain somewhat competitive. Lieutenant Governor. I think the Senate, I think the Senate has a good chance of putting it through, but you you all been around that building a long time. Uh, <laughs> nobody will ever wants to predict what's going to happen there because uh, you never you never quite know. But it'll be a healthy debate, I'm sure. And um, most people uh, in that building appreciate the work our state employees do for our for our consumers, what I call customers. And um, so we we're gonna I'm sure it'll have a healthy debate. I think some version of it ends up making it across the line somehow. 
Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe, before we let you go, I got about a minute here, but I wanted to, sh- and it's occurred to me, I don't think we've ever asked you this in the years that you've served our state as Lieutenant Governor. Years ago, we had Pete Kinder on, uh, who was the, the Lieutenant Governor and was actually running for Governor in 2016. And we were chatting with them and, and we asked, incidentally, we said we know two different offices, but how is your relationship with Governor Jay Nixon? Man, all of a sudden, because he was very low-key, I want to do this, I'll do this as governor. Hey, Pete, what's your relationship like? Oh, that SOB, I sent him a letter, he won't talk to me. And he went off for like three minutes and got animated. So I'll just ask you, two separate offices, I get that, but what is what is the relationship you uh, like with uh, Missouri's Governor Parson? I'm laughing because I talked to Peter Kinder two days ago, and uh, he's still the same way. I thought you were going to ask me what my relationship was with Jay Nixon. I was getting all ready for that. But um, Governor Parson uh, has, is true to who he is. I've known him a long time. I worked with him actually when he was in the House when I wasn't even in politics, and I was on the Missouri Highway Commission on infrastructure issues, served with him in the Senate, and then obviously as floor leader, and he was lieutenant governor. Those two positions have to work uh, very closely together. Um, he's, you know, the guy makes decisions based on what he thinks is best for Missouri. And I understand people won't always agree with that, but he doesn't make decisions based on who's whispering the most in his ear or what some powerful lobbyist wants or whatever. He truly makes decisions what he thinks best for you and me and the average working person. And whether you agree or disagree, you got to like that thought process. And so uh, he's been very good to work with. Hey, we don't agree on everything. Every once in a while, I close the door and say, Mike, why are we doing it this way? Or he closes the door and tells me uh, the way the cow eat the cabbage on his own side. But um, that's what life's about. And But you can come out of that closed door and agree to move Missouri forward, and I think that's what's on his mind all the time. Now I'm just curious, do those, when when you and the governor do have disagreements, and uh, do you guys ever, uh, do voices get elevated? Well, t- earlier this week, it was kind of fun, I'll just tell you, he said, you know, the, the 57th Super Bowl is this Sunday, and his press release has been out that he's going to attend the Super Bowl, and you guys all know he's the 57th governor. Yeah. I said, yeah, Mike, what's the big deal with 57? And he kept saying, like, no, it's the 57th Super Bowl. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's, that's fine, Mike, but what do you mean about It's the 50th. I said, I get it, boss. I get it. I know what you're talking about. But, Love it. Uh, all right. Know, it's, uh, you know, everybody, you know what? Politics gets too dang personal and nasty. Everybody should be able to have a healthy debate on what their issue is and then get done with that and then figure out a way to govern and move forward. And I think that's what a lot of people, that's what I try to do. I know that's what Mike Parson tries to do. At the end of the day, you can disagree on stuff, whether it's political parties, rural, urban, white, black, whatever you want. But at the end of the day, you still have to govern. You still have to have a relationship to move forward. And if you torch all those relationships and all you do is throw hand grenades, you're never going to be able to govern. Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe this morning, 93.9 The Eagle, 104.5 News Radio, 950 KWOS. Thanks for your time on the show this morning. All right. Have a great day, you guys. See you soon. Coming up, 725-ish, we're going to be doing What's Hot with Hannah. What's smoking today?